0: Thank you for tuning in to Paradigm Shifters, and we've got an exciting Paradigm Shifter today who's covering the planet with this really new concept of dealing with uh, all aspects of addiction. Uh, I guess that's, yeah, all aspects of addiction all over the planet, and my guest today is John Olaf Hendricks. Welcome to the show, John.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: You know, I'm pretty excited about this because I know it's new. It's not really, really um, pushed and pulled yet. But I've talked to an awful lot of people, people who are um, young people who are dealing with addictions. And many of them are coming through with some amazing gifts and uh, perceptions of what life is all about and so on. And it seemed to me that this is a new global kind of a community community to increase people's, um, what would you say, learning curve from all the addictions and presentations? Yeah, I mean,
1: I think for sure, if you're lucky enough to come out on the other side of a drug or alcohol addiction still alive, then Mm -hmm. it it ends up being the most profound uh, catalyzing agent to your personal growth and development that, that you could experience. You know, it's like a lot of times like a surviving cancer patient will tell you, that getting cancer was the best thing that ever happened to them right uh, because of how it shifts their outlook on life and how how it brings beauty to the smaller finer aspects you know and and I think anyone who's been in the depths of addiction could say the same thing I know I certainly can like once you've once you've seen the darkness once you've you know sat at the table with the devil so to speak uh, life on the other side is <laughs> it's something something else that's for sure
0: well, tell us who you are. You're a pretty interesting fella.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, thank you. Um yeah, you know, I I grew up in America. I grew up in Seattle, Washington. Um pretty average, I guess, if you would, like life. I I played sports when I was a kid. I I went to elementary school, middle school, high school. Um but I personally always felt under-challenged, like I, uh I was always really good at math and science, and always getting really bored with school, if you will. It, it never really stimulated me in a direction of anything, so I was always just kind of bored and frantic. Um, and and on a larger level than that, also, I, I was a very curious young child, and and asking, what I would reflect on now is like a lot, like larger level questions about philosophy and spirituality. And i was generally encouraged to just kind of stop asking all of these questions stop challenging the status quo stop like veering off of the predetermined path that i was like told i was supposed to follow um which never really made me feel good you know and somewhere along the line at at actually a rather young age 12 13 years old is when i first encountered um alcohol and and shortly after marijuana and the ability to escape all of the the pain that i was in um was realized interesting
0: because you used the word frantic i think that i don't think i've ever heard it spoken of that way but that really touched me deeply yeah yeah is that the kind of thing that the alcohol soothed and
1: yeah i mean so for me i always had this much uh like my, my outlook on life was always larger than I was even capable of understanding. You know, I, I always saw the big picture before I saw any of the more granular aspects of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And at a young age, that was incredibly overwhelming. And yeah. my attempts at trying to make sense of it all and not getting answers or even being guided in a direction of finding them, developed a very frantic um coping you know i i I was sporadic and all over the place and and became actually incredibly resentful at a young age towards the overarching system um because i was unsatisfied in in my intellectual and spiritual pursuits but yeah did it it
0: become wild
1: (laughs) yeah i was i was i was the rebel child right any Mm -hmm. anyone my teachers did not like me. My parents didn't know what to do with me. Like I was that bridge burning or bridge jumping friend that your parents warned you about, you know, like, right.
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs>
1: um, so yeah, I mean, but drugs and alcohol for me at a young age became a, an escape from it all. It <laughs> was a, a thing that I could acquire relatively easily on my own and it would numb away everything. So I just kept, I kept numbing and numbing and numbing until that got completely out of hand, which actually wasn't until I was almost 26 years old.
0: Uh, because it's really, really interesting. Can I call you John? Is it John Olaf all the time?
1: Yeah. I mean, I go by Jano, actually. Yano, you know, okay. Name that came from a very young age, a nickname, <laughs> if you will. But That's yeah, great- yeah. Dallas. It's a great name.
0: Well, I, I think it's really interesting because there's so many young people I talk to these days who are really brilliant. I'm telling you, just doing, um, I really keep thinking it's a sign of the times. So many of them stumble into the irrelevance, sort of the irrelevance of life as it was kind of cookie-cutted <laughs> and not learning what they really want to learn. Some are just self, self-learners and do amazing things. But a lot of them go through the portal of addiction. And so when I heard about your project, and it's a new project, you haven't gotten very far into it yet, have you?
1: No, we just launched the brand, uh, yeah, maybe four or five months ago.
0: Well, well, how did it all start? Like, why did you start it? Because of this
1: irrelevancy that kind of... Yeah, I mean, so that's a beautiful question to ask. And, and it, the foundation of Option C is um, perhaps interesting. I When I got sober, so I... I hit my rock bottom. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I acknowledged it in the moment. And, and I was like, okay, this, like I'm either going to quit drinking now or never. And if I choose never, I'm going to die a premature death.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and in that moment, I, I chose life. Right. I was like, okay, like, I had no idea what the future looks like, but I don't want to die. So I took myself to the hospital um, and checked myself into the hospital. And as I left the hospital, checked myself into an inpatient center. Okay. So from the beginning. And, and how was,
0: old were you that? I was
1: almost 26. This was two months before I turned 26 years old. Okay. Um, so when I went to inpatient and outpatient, um, I it, I was in an different position than i'd say 99 percent of the others who were in inpatient and outpatient in that i had chosen to be there um and so i i was curious i was in pursuit of sobriety from day one and when i got out of inpatient and was put into an outpatient program and then began to be encouraged to find a sponsor and to go to aa meetings and to work the 12 steps i Being the philosophical and more like spiritually oriented mind that I have, I pretty quickly felt incredibly limited in in my pursuit of personal growth um, by the system itself. And what I concluded within a month of being out of inpatient was that I was actually going to generate greater success for myself if I chose to go in a different direction than the 12 steps and, and AA meetings um i didn't put serious amounts of effort into looking for other options but i didn't readily or immediately find anything like literally anything mm-hmm. um so then i spent i'm I'm almost four years sober now but i would say the first year was really really intense really hard and really alone like okay. no one who i grew up with or anything had they were all still drinking they were all still using they were all still you know I didn't have any sober let alone recovering addicts in in my life because I had chosen not to work the program the 12 steps in AA you know um so I I went on this deep internal dive but wait a I, minute
0: wasn't it hard to have a community free uh like no community to do it with
1: well exactly I mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't find a community I didn't I didn't have anyone or anything. And so as I worked through it all and and I did this whole thing on my own, if you will, I came out on the other side with the conclusion that like I shouldn't have had to do that. Like there should have been another option than just the 12 steps. Like, uh, and so that that was the original birthplace of option C recovery was just the idea that I shouldn't have had to do this alone. There should be more options out there um and and from that then i began well the whole time i was recording my journey right and my thoughts and my philosophies and the tools and tactics and techniques and things that i did that generated mm-hmm. success for myself which which seemed to work out magnificently. did you have
0: to did you have to fail and relapse a number of times
1: i i have not relapsed no okay, and i good. certainly have zero intentions of ever doing so like actually i'm i'm in a position now where like I don't even the, the thought of relapse is actually like uh it's not even a thought that I have. Like when I it's like I a still, different
0: dimension or something. <laughs> yeah, like I, I
1: still have troubles. I'm still a human being. I still live a life on planet Earth that comes with with the pain and and the navigation that we all have to partake in, right? But
2: mm-hmm.
1: drinking again in order to cope or hide from all of that is is no longer a thought in my mind, which I know is is perhaps a unique statement from someone mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. position but this this is where my journey brought me and the more and more people that I shared my story with the more and more people that I talked to about everything that I've been through the more and more I was told that this was stuff that people needed to hear about that this was stuff that needed to be shared that this was stuff I needed to talk about more and mm-hmm. that paired with my realization as I was telling you that I shouldn't have had to do this alone Mm-hmm. Um pushed me in the direction of what what I would call my purpose my my destiny, perhaps, but it was to to share my journey and and to establish something um that was another option
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um mm-hmm. and then so the had, option
0: was to help people uh not only gain sobriety, but when I'm listening to you and knowing something about how you think, I'm going. Are you thinking like this is an option to push the level of consciousness in which we live? Is
1: this to, to yeah, advance I mean, the species? For, I, that's what I get from you. On a on a larger level, yeah. Like the, you will never find a person more ready for personal growth than mm-hmm. the the recovering addict, right? Like right. The, the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing about a recovering addict is that they've already let go, hmm. right? Like so much of society, like people who don't identify as addicts, right? Like they take hmm. all these personal growth courses and push themselves in the direction of, of, you know, personal development and personal growth and productivity, and but they still haven't allowed themselves to let go of hmm of everything that's limiting them right of, of their identity if you will and the beautiful thing about recovering addicts is we already hit our ultimatum we already hit our rock bottom and you we lost already, your
0: identity in a way didn't
1: we yeah or, or okay. had an identity crisis or however you want to word it right but the recovering addict faced the point of no return and decided to charge in a new direction right and and the mm-hmm the way that you make that choice is by letting go of everything that's ever been a part of your life prior. And so you're like this, the recovering addict is essentially like a a blank slate, right? I have no idea what lies ahead of me. I have no idea how I'm going to get there, but by God, am I going to try? Wow. Good for you. Wow. That's courageous. (laughs) scary, scary. So, but if we're talking about upping the level of human consciousness, like, there, there is not a better person to be more primed and ready to pursue an expansion of their consciousness than such a individual, you know. So.
0: Well, tell me the premises of option recovery. What is it option, option recovery? C. Yeah. Option C recovery. Because yeah. I want to ask you about this uh, uh, different levels of human consciousness. I'm going well. Let's get the context of this organization first, and and see if we can't fit it all into the
1: program. Yeah, I mean we're. <clears throat> At the foundation of option C recovery is a mobile application um, mm-hmm. that we are currently in the process of developing. And this mobile application is, is best described in a twofold fashion. Um, the one of those two largest components of the mobile application is going to be a library of online resources okay. um, for both the recovering addict, the sober curious individual, and for the affected friends and family who aren't fully aware of how they can best lend a helping hand Mm
2: -hmm. and so
1: we're collecting um, resources working with coaches counselors program directors to design a series of courses across the globe um, so that you can access a variety of recovery options um, at your fingertips but also more importantly in a way that is conducive to your unique story in Mm -hmm. a way that will allow you to pursue your healing in in a way that that you want to you know in a way that fits your lifestyle that that fits your unique needs and your unique desires and so you can really craft and mold your own recovery process and if you want to choose to do this with the guidance of a sponsor or counselor Um,
0: tell me before you go farther into this well where did you get the support people around the world for example that we're going to be counselors or uh yeah i mean i
1: am i am still actively reaching out to them Mm -hmm. um it's been a what's the terminology cold email um (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i'm i'm doing like i'm doing my due diligence in figuring out who i think has a powerful message to share um Mm -hmm. and reaching out to them and and proposing collaboration and the list of people who are interested is just continually getting bigger and bigger. And anyone who is listening to this, who who has a desire to help the recovering addict um, build a a new life for themselves in sobriety and would like to work with us, like by all means, reach out to me.
0: Um, Good. Okay.
1: But, and and then the the second part, what I was saying the twofold kind of overlying essence of the app is going to be like Mm -hmm. a social interface similar to Facebook or LinkedIn so that people can connect with each other and and establish friendships and hopefully ultimately get off the application and out into life with Hmm. other sober friends and and really push themselves forward in life um so then yeah that that will be the mobile application and and beyond that we'll also have plans for all kinds of events um and and networking and a various assortment of things coming down the line
0: And so you're not aiming for, like, uh, sober communities as much as you're aiming aiming for uh, mobile communities that uh, can interface
1: with all kinds of communities. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, I mean, healing and recovery is is such a needed thing in this time, right? Oh, boy. If we really zoom out on it, like, I don't think there's a human being on a planet that doesn't have something to recover from
0: right, right? it's and, what we cling to i suppose
1: And uh, right and but it's, trauma. it's a stigmatized <clears throat> thing in society it's such a like frowned upon thing in society we we've built this culture of pretending like we like we're like this hard cold person who like like i'm good like i'm fine like there's nothing to heal from there's nothing wrong there's nothing you know and so we are trying to build a community of people who, who make the conscious choice to come together and to work together to be there for one another so that we can actually get into the truth of our healing. Hmm. Um, because on the other side of that is, is what you were referring to earlier, an expansion, an expansion of conscious awareness like in hmm. the most profound fashion.
0: And that's very exciting.
1: Yeah, and like that, I told you from a that, different that's perspective. Thing there is, yeah.
0: because <laughs> yeah, from a different perspective or from a different portal, I, I keep running into people. They're I call them young because I'm a lot older than a lot of people, but <laughs> they are so vital in theirs. We'll put it in theirs more in their recovery and their sobriety. Instead of it just being sobriety, it's more like the recovery has launched them. Launched them is what I keep wanting to say.
1: Yeah. And it's a, it's a shift, right? Like, and and we do, we have, we have a generation of youth Mm -hmm. who are choosing to recover from not only their own life of trauma, but, but to, to process and integrate and and purge and transcend entire family lineages of trauma.
0: Whoa. Yes. That's what I'm seeing too. Mm -hmm.
1: and, And, and so to, to look at a, at a person in their young 20s and, and, and to see where they've gone and to see the, the emotional and spiritual effort that they're putting into overcoming all of that, you know, and to move forward into a world where they can raise kids who don't have to deal with any of it. Right. Like, it's, it's an amazing time in, in the history of humanity. Yeah.
0: It, it really is. It, it's a, like a dog's breakfast in a way. It all seems like we're in a shipwreck half the time. But, on the other hand, <laughs> in the chaos of it all, there's really a lot of new growth, and I believe humanity itself is shifting hugely and yeah, you're, t- you're I mean, talking about a design designing a portal through which that shift can be uh, made
1: right and, like, and and I think there are many of us here doing the same thing, you know, like and the more portals as you are referring to them that we can create, the more smoothly, this whole process is going to go for all of us,
0: you know. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I see is that more respect, you're you are developing respect for that process. And, you know, which I don't remember hearing before, like you've often said, people will walk away from it or uh, judge it or whatever, the whole addiction thing.
1: I, well, I mean, here, so here's the thing. Here's the thing, Veronica. With healing, is and what most people don't allow themselves to understand is is that the process of healing is more painful than the pain that you are hiding from itself. <laughs> You're right. And and so when someone comes to you, even if they think they're ready to heal, right? They think they're ready to overcome it. And and the first thing you do is incite a magnitude of pain that is greater than that, which they already feel Mm -hmm. the the natural inclination of any living creature is going to be a a reflex in the opposite direction of a rejection of, of everything you've just presented. Right. Because Mm -hmm. to, to, to say, okay, I'm ready to, I'm done with all this pain and suffering. Right. And then to have someone tell you, okay, well, first, we're going to have to deal with all the pain and suffering in a way that's going to cause you more pain.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like most people are like, that doesn't make any sense. Sorry. I'm you, you don't know what you're talking about. And <laughs> that's what vodka understands me. So yeah, really? yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and do they say that? I mean like, okay. So it's not just, it's going to cause more pain. It's going to reveal the pain, isn't it?
1: Exactly, which which is painful.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you, like, have well, se- you have to you have to self claim too. Yeah, more so
1: more so than anything is. Um, I guess it's not necessarily an increase in the pain itself, so much as it is acknowledging and embracing the fact that you actually finally have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right, like there's no more hiding from it. There's no more pretending like it's not there. There's no more denying that whatever happened happened. If you want to overcome it, if you want to heal it, and you want to move forward into a life that is free of all of that trauma, right, then you, you have to accept it and and you have to sit within it and you have to allow yourself to feel it, right? Like most of us, when we feel pain, especially when we feel emotional pain, the the very first thing we do is create a block in our mm-hmm. mental construct to, to the point even of of completely forgetting things right. that have happened to us, right? Right. and and so to to heal something you have to actually sit within the reality of whatever that thing is and allow yourself to feel that pain feel that darkness right and let let the emotion run its course
0: mm.
1: and on the other side of that then you can release and let go of the thing that has happened
0: so it's it, that's a big process so tell me about some of the um this well, I want to call them steps, but we know I'm not meaning it the way the AA talks about them. But what are some of the people situations that you're connecting with over this project? Are you working with people, counseling them, or are you collaborating with people who are um, moving through this like you are, that are helping? Yeah, out? so
1: I mean, I prior to option C, I and I still am um, have been working as a one-on-one coach. Um, so I do work with a few clients um, in a one-on-one fashion, uh, okay. and then Option C, I designed and launched a program, um, designed by me, Yano, um, mm-hmm. but we we've created it on the Option C platform, uh, which is like a 30-day sobriety challenge that guides people through um, embracing a, a larger level outlook on life and a and a larger level awareness of what a balanced life and lifestyle actually looks like.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, but
1: then moving forward and and our intended collaborations are with with a large variety of people. So to talk about it all in, in one couple of sentences might not be the easiest thing for me to do. Um, but we are working with um, counselors in the space of drug and alcohol addiction who, who are already working at different rehab centers across the planet. Um, and fine-tuning programs that already exist, as well as taking programs with proven success rates and turning them into a digitized online course. Um, And then we are also in the process of working on a little bit of a redesign um, for programs that currently operate on a 12-step paradigm. um, Based on the premise that the success rate in the 12-step paradigm is, is sadly a very, 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 very low number. Um, so we are also designing a little bit of a reconfiguration of that to bring everything up to speed with today's world and, and to create um, content, right? Videos, worksheets, different, different types of course material that resonate more with the current times. Before so example. what do you
0: think? You said the success isn't that high, the success rate right now isn't that high, not in your project, but in the general project. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the source that you look at and the year that the information was published. But it's safe to say that the success rate of the 12-step program is somewhere between 10 and 15 percent. And when I say success rate, it, it's often just referred to as someone um getting past five to 10 years of sobriety. And then the numbers kind of get confusing because a lot of people also relapse past that time, but don't necessarily return. Um, but yeah, I'd say the success rate of the 12 steps is around 10%.
0: And so when you're talking success, and I want to go back to what you people are doing about it all, but when you're talking success, you're saying, uh, they don 't go back into it, no matter what, or they have become ninety
1: percent of people who work a twelve step program end up using their drug of choice again
0: isn 't that interesting hey
1: right and and for it to be that 's sad the, actually for this to be true for decades on end mm-hmm. and and still be held as in many ways the one and only option hmm. you know and um, I mean, there are other options out there for sure, but again, access to them is limited. Um, uh, availability and, and knowledge of their existence is limited. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of what we're doing is just trying to bring all of these other options to the surface and make them easily accessible for anyone.
0: Wow. I think, yeah, you're working on human consciousness either. I can't help, uh. I can't help but see that, uh, that if people don't touch their own soul's journey, probably nothing could work,
1: huh? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the the you know, the, I always say this, too, that's interesting. This always comes up one way or another. But I, I do think that the 12 steps themselves are a path towards spiritual enlightenment. I think every single human being on the planet should work the 12 steps.
0: Good, okay, that's a good idea.
1: Yeah. I get what you're saying there, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, But where where the twelve steps lose a lot of people is they they have a a very large religious connotation. Um and and just at at this point in where we're at as a society, the whole like a lot of people just the second you say the word 12 steps, they're like, "Uh uh-uh, nope. And they Mm -hmm. turn away. And and it's not that they don't want to get sober they just for some reason or another like aren't aligning with the 12 steps.
0: Well, I think you said it earlier in a different in a different way is that many people who are addicted are alienated to a degree from who they really are, right?
1: 100%. You're yeah. hiding. You're hiding yeah. from the truth of who you are because society told you that the truth of who you are is is not Good, you know, it's
0: just not, not going to fit. Back. I'm sorry, yeah, you're an aberration. Right.
1: <laughs> you know, and and this manifests itself in, in a series of different ways. We all addicts don't you know necessarily have the same story, but at the end of the day, the to uh, addiction is is the this is this is my definition, right? Like you're not going to find this in a textbook or anything, but addiction is the byproduct of a psychological reluctance to admit the truth of our own feelings.
0: Uh-huh. Aha,
1: <clears throat> that's a very interesting way of putting it. It's it's the byproduct of an attempt at self-medication, right? Mm-hmm. And and when you continually self-medicate yourself with an external substance that has a psychoactive, addictive nature, it it's a recipe for disaster. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but if if more options were readily available and and if the encouragement of heightened conscious awareness and and the encouragement of being who you are and living your true authentic self from from the get-go was more ingrained in the overarching societal outlook right then we wouldn't need to turn to addiction nearly as much as we do in the first place
0: hmm well, so we're talking about um, really. This is me talking, my own personal interpretation of things. Is we're asking society, we're asking for whole social change in a way. But I want you to tell me. At least that's my interpretation. That's I guess that's what I want. But I want you to tell. Well, yeah, us. yeah, but
1: we're. I mean, I'm not asking for it. You're not asking for it. So- society is asking for it. Everybody. Right.
0: And we're a part. We're a part of it. Right
1: yeah yeah exactly i mean we're what there's eight billion human beings on the planet right now we're two of them right like yeah it should be enough for them to get it together you you can see this in in the eyes of every single human being if you if you take anyone who you encounter a stranger on the street your parents your brother your your partner romantic partner whatever look in their eyes Right, Mm -hmm. Have an honest look in their eyes and and look past their physical eyes and and into their soul and heart. And Mm -hmm. in every single human being on the planet, at least every single human being that I have ever encountered, and I've encountered a lot of them, you can see and feel the desire for something more, Mm -hmm. something different than everything that we are all doing. And and the undertone, the underpinning, like foundation of that desire is, is a feeling that things are not the way that they could be. They're not, I shouldn't say should, but they're not the way that they should be, you know? And, and we all know this on a fundamental level, but we've mm-hmm. been, we, we really have been brainwashed
0: mm-hmm. into
1: living in a fashion that is just simply not in alignment with the truth of humanity.
0: No, I agree with that. I feel like we've been um, confined, trapped. Somebody else said that we're kind of enslaved to certain uh, markets and systems and educations and so on. And I'm like, wow, that's a big word, but I guess that's true, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you are. I would would say so that, that humanity is living in a cage. Uh, Yeah, unaware unaware of the fact that they are in a cage
0: so the freedom that you're offering you're offering kind of a freedom for a person to be truly who they are and i want you to get down to some of the details of what people have gone through or or that you know that they're going through under your um under uh, option recovery so far
1: yeah i mean that's exactly what we're offering is, is a a path to freedom, but more so, uh, a place where you can come and develop your own path to freedom. Okay, you know, and and so which is really
0: ultimately freedom, isn't it?
1: <clears throat> yeah, exactly. I'm I'm not here, and option C is not here to tell anyone how to live their life. We're not here to tell anyone how they are or are not supposed to recover. We're not here to tell anyone anything about timelines, or or mechanisms or anything you know it's just like we're, we're here to provide a space create a space and and house a community within this space where we can all pursue the truth of our healing uh, in a way that is conducive to our own individual healing um so yeah yeah
0: so that'll be through counseling through pro what kind of programs would you have uh fit- yeah, I mean, fitness some of it's fitness huh?
1: yeah so here I'll, I'll tell you a little more about the the overarching ideology of the platform um which mm-hmm. is the byproduct of again my personal journey is something that i refer to as the four foundational pillars
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and so what i realized in my personal pursuit of sobriety was that my life i i kind of broke it apart into the the physical aspect of myself the intellectual <laughs> aspect of myself the emotional aspect of myself and the spiritual aspect of myself. And and what I began to realize was that if I neglected one of these aspects or multiple of these aspects, I weakened who I was as a person.
2: Hmm.
1: I, I diminished my potential in, in a pretty profound way, like, and and if I hid from one or two Or three of these aspects of myself by giving too much focus to another one of them then I I was still doing the same thing to myself for example like early in my sobriety I spent a lot of time in the gym right Mm
2: -hmm. a lot
1: a lot a lot of time in the gym and I thought that that was like good and healthy but what I ultimately realized was that like I was still hiding from my emotions I was still hiding from like my larger level spirituality you know Mm -hmm. so yeah the idea behind the four foundational pillars is that the, the most conducive and successful life in sobriety is going to be balanced across these four pillars. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that means in a, in a basic sense of it is that we're giving focus to our physicality just as much as we are to our intellectual pursuits, just as much as we are to our emotional well-being, just as much as we are to our spirituality and and not overextending ourselves in any one direction because we're aware that it would be a detriment to the other aspects of ourselves. So as you come onto our platform, as you create a user profile, and, and in the process of setting it up, you will be guided towards a, suggest, a, a list of suggested courses to take um, based on where you're at in your journey and, and what, The AI determines is going to be most beneficial to your growth right and so for example if you've been neglecting your physicality for 10 years right and have a desire to give that more focus then then there will be yes fitness courses nutrition courses available if on the other hand like you have some serious emotional trauma that you've been avoiding and neglecting then we will be working with um, a various assortment of therapists to create different um, different types of emotional trauma response courses. You know, for example, if, if you were in a romantic relationship with a narcissist, right, and, and you're currently experiencing narcissistic PTSD, and because you didn't know how to deal with that, you turned to alcohol and, and spent five years hiding inside of a bottle, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so coming out and, and getting sober, it's not so much about just not drinking. It's more so about acknowledging the fact that you were in a relationship with a narcissist and that that caused a series of post-traumatic stress responses and, and taking an online course and connecting with a community of people who have gone through the same thing so that you can heal that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So as, as it's, easy for,
0: it's easy for people to uh, find who's a good support. What I mean is your online source is getting, it's just growing, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is, and like I said, we just launched the brand um, a couple months ago, and and the app is in the very early stages of development. Um, and and as I also said, I'm I'm still quite actively reaching out in a cold call fashion to to counselors, coaches, program directors across the planet. You know, so the the puzzle is piecing itself together. Um, so yeah, I mean we were growing yeah
0: well, and what's the response like for other counselors and systems are they eager to embrace you <laughs> yeah or?
1: i mean that's the most exciting part veronica i have not had a conversation with a single person who was anything short of ecstatic really yeah like i mean the, the space is so ready for this and ironically as well like we we've been working on this for maybe the past year and a half and in in development and and in the pursuit of of all of this before coronavirus but now now that that's a thing like what what coronavirus did to the space of addiction recovery was highlight that nothing in the space is digitized nothing in the space is ready to go virtual right like taking taking inpatient and outpatient meetings and and A.A. meetings and talking to your counselor um, from a building confined within four walls and putting it on a zoom platform. Right. Like no one. No one is ready for that. No one. No one knows what to do. A lot of the content in the space is still like print out worksheets based on even in some cases VHS tapes. Oh, you're kidding! Great. Yeah. Like when I was an inpatient, we, we were watching VHS recordings of people giving speeches on addiction from, from the, the late seventies and the early eighties. Like <laughs> oh,
0: talk about yeah. irrelevant, right? Well, yeah, or, but, not and, irrelevant, but and, this then is there
1: and, and they, and wonder why 95% of kids who go to inpatient under the age of 24 end mm-hmm. up using again, right? Why are they in inpatient and can't pay attention? Why are the counselors spending so much of their time and energy just trying to get the kids to pay attention, right? Like, but, no, but nobody wants to watch a video of some guy in suspenders from 1982 <laughs> talk about addiction. Like, I'm sorry, but, but the youth especially, like, their attention capacity is not ever going to pay attention to that, you know? And so mm-hmm. a lot of what we're trying to do is, is modernize the space, you know? And it's not that the information is invaluable, right? It, it is, you know, scientifically and, and emotionally, psychologically correct information. It just needs to be delivered in a way that, that people are willing to receive it.
0: Into a media
1: age, you know, that well, kind exactly. of thing. Like, yeah. like bring, bring things up to the, to the current way of the world. And so anyways, the, the reason that I brought that up was because i was talking about coronavirus and how that highlighted the prevalence and need for things of this nature now more than ever so
0: and are people signing up just like at what rate i know i've already asked you this but i'm asking again are people actually signing on to it now or yet
1: yeah yeah we're we're growing um Mm -hmm. right now we're like i'm um I'm a digital creative and a copywriter and a marketer and uh, literally every single position in the business. <laughs> um, me and my co-founder are, are kind of, you know, bootstrapping this, if you will.
0: Oh, good. Um, okay. And you've got a crowdfunding system We, set we up. do have
1: a crowdfunding campaign currently um, rolling uh mm-hmm. and and it hoping to generate some momentum there so that we can get this ball kind of rolling if you will uh without um having to go to larger level investors but but eventually that's the direction that we're headed anyway um so yeah i mean once the once the money comes veronica then then this snowball is going to avalanche, very,
0: yeah, very I can well. see it it just feels like it's uh actually a wave for some reason is more it's not just about addictions it's about numbing and people knowing who they are and finding the empowerment somewhere i think it's right. just exciting at least like, that's how well, i see it as an intuitive you know i'm like whoa wow, this, this yeah, could... yeah. And,
1: and because i'm talking to you and, and on your platform i'll say this and, and a lot of people aren't going to like what i'm about to say but veronica every single human being on the face of the planet is an addict
0: yeah that's a very interesting comment
1: I mean, we we all have something external of ourselves that we use to distract ourselves from ourselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And and some of us are workaholics, quote unquote, right? And and society allows us to justify that as productive. And so we don't call it an addiction, right? But mm-hmm. some of us are shopaholics, uh you know, a lot, a lot of people are addicted to porn. Uh, a lot of people are addicted to is social media, video games um, and dr- drugs and alcohol are just one of, of many, many, components. sugar, you know, overeating. All of these things are mechanisms of hiding, right? And when you indulge in an external mechanism of hiding for too long, it becomes an addiction.
0: Well, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a very interesting way to put it too. One of the things I really am enjoying about uh, option recovery and speaking with you, Yano, is this feeling that somehow this is a beacon for people to unfold. I keep saying it in different ways. Um, Forgive me for that. But it's important to me that it's like unfolding and awakening through people, you know, stop, putting yourself to sleep and get the awakening going so that we can get into being the powerful species we could be
1: right, right exactly like and, and i mean hey when you're ready you know like some some of us are for sure still enjoying like the parties and the drinking and and perhaps even the drugs and whatever you know like but when you are ready to to sit down with yourself and and admit the truth of yourself to yourself then, yeah, we're building a community where you can come and do that in in a very comfortable fashion. That that is going to be conducive to your growth.
0: I love that. I think it's going to be really wonderful. And I thank you for your good work. You started a lot of it
1: by yourself, didn't you? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was I was working on it by myself for I don't know maybe six months before I met my co-founder uh, Kelsey Underwood, um, mm-hmm. and that and that's where things really started to take off. Kelsey Kelsey's an amazing amazing woman. Um, with her own story. she She's not actually um, a recovering addict herself or, or in active addiction to drugs and alcohol, um, but her sister was. And so she has a very powerful story um, and a very powerful background in the space. And when we met and connected and our visions aligned, um, that, that's what gave birth to Option C as it is today. So...
0: Oh, I'm excited about it. Also, when you have, like, you'll have a lot of people who are really adept at media stuff, so you can have all kinds of, you can have your own network, can't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're heading into the digital virtual age, right? And, oh, like, boy. for example, when when we do start building out our team, right, and, and once we do have a few hundred employees, like, all of Option C Recovery is, is going to be remote workers, you know? Oh,
0: it's going to be just an, an international thing, Bob. And our time is pretty much up, so I want you to make sure that yeah, people maybe. can <laughs> access you, or uh, you know, people can tune into this. This is so um, there's so many of you listening to this need some kind of a boost on this level. And but you also need the self respect in the community to help you with that. I know AA provides some of that too. We don't want to put them down necessarily.
1: No, and AA is hosting now as well. Like virtual meetings are the norm now, you know? So you you can definitely get online and find some really powerful AA meetings in, in a Zoom style fashion. Um, but yeah, you can find, you can reach us, uh, optionc.recovery.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Option C Recovery. Um, and, and from there, yeah, like um, reach out to us. Join well, our community. We'd love to have any and all people who are interested.
0: Thanks for that, Yano. And thank you for your great work. And it, it was a pleasure to talk to you again. I hope we'll do it again. Give you a little time and see
1: how it's going. How about yeah, that? It was amazing how an hour can just blow by like that. Thank you so much for having me, Veronica. Well, the problem with you is you're interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can talk forever. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, bless your heart. We'll talk again.
1: Okay. Thanks again. Take care. Ciao. Bye.